Um, you know, I just kind of sit down and turn the mic on and just kind of go. <laughs> you know, that's, that's sort of what I... All right. <laughs> it's like, the, for me, it's like the, I'm the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> the secret <laughs> is that I'm always depressed. Uh... <laughs> I meant it more as a hypothetical and also like I'm about to find uh, out. So Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe I can channel some incredible Hulk myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um hey, what's up? It's there Roadshow episode ninety four, which I think I said. You won't like one. it when I'm depressed. <laughs> exactly. I think I said that on the last one, which was uh might have been last year at this rate. Um, yeah, do apologize. We said we were going to do an episode right before Halloween. We were going to sneak it in there and that didn't happen. And, uh, now it's the holidays. Then <laughs> we didn't get one out in November, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was some illness going around, uh, that's still going around. Uh, then it was Thanksgiving and then my computer, I got home from Thanksgiving. My computer was just like, oh, Hey, you have a drive in here. Uh, it's about to fail. Just want to give you a heads up on that. And so that was fun. I had to, you know, work to remedy that situation. Well, it's nice to get a heads um, up about it. it. Didn't just fail, gave you notice. True. That is true. And I was like, oh, this kind of seems fine. Cause then I started doing like diagnostic tests and all the diagnostic tests were coming back like, yeah, no, this drive's okay. Um, but then my computer was like running like shit. And so I'm like, well, this doesn't seem right. Something seems amiss. Uh, and so I had to uh, swap it out. And luckily, it was only my documents drive where I keep all of the uh, podcast stuff and all the other things that I do. Who needs that? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I'm paranoid. So I have 8 million backups. So I wouldn't have actually lost anything, but it was just a pain to redo that sort of thing, uh, especially whenever that's also where I like I keep all the microphone settings and all that shit that I had to like repoint everything too it's like well i don't know where this stuff is it's like yeah you do it's right here it's in the same thing i renamed all these folders exactly the way they're supposed to be it's like nope that's a whole different thing it's like no it's not it's the same freaking thing but anyway that's just computers <laughs> um but yeah uh so we got some fun stuff for you trying to get back on track um you may or may not have noticed um but <laughs> But the old website is is gone. <laughs> uh, that was another that was another uh, hurdle I had to uh, climb across. Uh, yeah, so we have a new website with a new URL. So now everything is uh, on deadendroad.media. Uh, if you go to the old URL, it should redirect you automatically. Fingers crossed. When I test it, it works. So hopefully, it continues to work. Because uh, that was another pain in the ass. Um, but on the podcast side, it should have just transferred over and nothing should have changed, especially in podcast players and everything like that. It should have just happened because that was like the first thing that got working. Um, but yeah, there is a there's a new new website. Uh, it, it, it looks a lot better. It runs a lot better. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, deadandroad.media, uh, which I think fits a lot better. Um I actually tried to buy that back in 2016, whenever I was starting up the whole whatever the hell this is. And uh, it was going to be like way too expensive, but I guess the price is better now. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, so now I have it. Uh, and so that's <laughs> that's what I did, um, because, yeah, the old website host was basically 
screwing me and I wouldn't be able to upload the podcast to the website anymore because they were like, oh, yeah, you don't get unlimited storage anymore. And I was like, well, that's crazy because I just paid for that back in September. And they're like, nope. And so I had to fight with them over that. And that's especially and bad so, timing when you have a failing hard drive. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is kind of all happening at once and also holiday time. So, it, yeah, it's it's been it's been a time for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, so new site. Um, and also uh, it's a lot easier for us to do uh, things like newsletters now and um like additional bonus content if anybody's interested in that so you can go to the website and you can sign up for the the mailing list and i like i hate spam i'm not going to spam you with that kind of shit but whenever there is a, a new like long form feature that i write you'll you'll get that uh you'll get new uh episode releases emails and little breakdowns and stuff like that uh just right into the email uh so it, it, it's it's a lot smoother it's a lot easier um and yeah it, it's a much better system but it just took a lot of work to get everything over while also not knowing if i could um get everything off of the old site before they were just like screw you and decided to nuke it which was a genuine possibility so yes uh but if anything is not working and i don't necessarily know how you, you would be listening to this if something wasn't working but uh like on your specific podcast player of choice please let me know so i could try to straighten that out because we are on a new podcast hosting platform as well so if one of those like little pathways to you know your specific app is not working i would like to know that so you could continue to listen um so yeah please give me a heads up um and also so there is also a new email for the show as well um mostly because like the the old email which you could still use um but it was like from eight iterations of the show ago where we were going to do like a ton of video content um and that just didn't happen and then we changed format like a bunch of times so um it, if you if you use it it'll still get to me but uh so the new email is podcast at denonroad.media and i'll put that up you know where we have all the links and stuff like that so many changes so many changes uh it's still the same bullshit <laughs> i just felt like hey you know what i'd already have eight million email address why don't i just add another one to my whole inbox um but yeah so if you uh need to send us anything podcast at deadinroad.media um makes a lot more sense than the old address we were using um yeah i think that's the big the big podcast updates that I wanted to uh, convey. Um, so let's let's get into some stuff here. Uh, I usually say fun stuff, but this first one I just realized is incredibly. Want to talk about depression? This is very depressing. I don't know why I put this at the beginning of the show, um, but uh, yeah, I, I've wanted to talk about this for a while, um, and now as we've haven't had a show uh, that has been prolonged. But um, let's do uh, Mountains of Madness. Mountains of Madness. Now, um, so this happened back in, I guess it was like the middle of October, right? Oh, was it that long ago? If I think so. Yeah. Um, and this probably didn't reach, well, I don't know. It was, it was, it was on like Good Morning America. So I don't even know the reach of anything anymore. Um, but a former player of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Adam Johnson, who was, uh, playing in a professional league in the uk uh passed away after an on-ice accident um and that on its own like 
would not need us to talk about it other than maybe just saying how tragic it is because you know he was a young guy um and you know lost his life like playing a sport uh which is something that shouldn't happen and really doesn't happen very often um but what i want to talk about is um the the weird situations surrounding the unfortunate existence of the footage of what happened to him um and just sort of the i don't necessarily want to say fallout from it but like the surrounding i don't know bizarre situation about it that that followed just uh just this awful event um because it it maybe it's just because i uh made the stupid decision to watch the footage and it stuck with me and will probably continue to stick with me um but there was just some there's just some weird shit involved in it um and so i guess content warning for i put here violent death but i don't really know what else to say about it um so just gonna say that uh, up top um so the the footage of it is online i would highly 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 recommend nobody goes to watch it yeah you um you steered me away from it uh which i appreciate um i have not seen it nor do i intend to yes because it is probably one of the worst things i've seen and i've seen some shit um what happened to him is that uh a player collided with another player and the one player's skate came up and sliced him in the neck and uh he the 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 clip that got circulated which is the same clip and it was clear that it had been reshared and reshared and reshared because the resolution gets worse and worse and worse each version of it you see basically um he seems to make it off the ice right um just leaving an incredible just pool of blood on the ice and there should never be that amount of blood on the ice um it's always a surreal thing, like whenever somebody gets high sticked or something and there's just like a drop, like drops or a trail of blood, mm -hmm. like as they go to the bench or the locker room. And then th they always show it on TV and I don't know why they do. Um, they always show either the ref or the ice crew scraping up the now frozen blood. Oh, yeah. They they zoom in on that and, and they really highlight it. It's... Just yeah. like in the NFL, when someone gets badly injured, they show you the replay over and over and over again. Lately, they like whenever it's like leg stuff in the NFL, they've actually not been doing that. They've been saying like we we like the the injury was too gruesome and we don't want to show you. I've noticed because that happened in a Steelers game earlier this year where the running back's leg like snapped in half, basically. And uh, they're like, yeah, we're not going to show you the replay. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. That's a nice change like, of Like pace. you said. Yeah. But yeah, for hockey, like somebody gets high sticked and, you know, their nose is bloodied up or whatever. And it, it gets everywhere on their shirt and on the ice. They always show the ice crew scraping up the frozen blood. And this was just a, a, like immediate pool everywhere as this guy is grabbing his neck with an ice, like a, a hockey glove and desperately trying to get off the ice. Like it, like I said to you in a text, I was like, yeah, it was like something out of a, a really shitty slasher movie mm -hmm. that you would see, like one of those like awful, like themed slasher movies, you know, um, just just horrific. And what was weird to me, not like not only the fact that like, you know, um, 
platforms were just sort of like letting the clip circulate or whatever of a, a guy dying violently mm-hmm. um because i saw it both on youtube and i saw it on tiktok oh wow okay so it was on both i don't know if it still is because i didn't want to go look for it again i uh i consider myself lucky then because i you know i'm interested in hockey i view hockey content on various platforms i'm fortunate that this did not um you know i didn't inadvertently come across this this was why i wanted to say something to you yeah. it was like hey this is out there and you should do anything you can to not see yeah it. um so 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 not only was it weird that the clip was like still up and being able to be spread around and getting like i said progressively like lower quality as it's just being like you know screen shared and re-uploaded and just getting lower resolution each time uh it was also being like seemingly like auto generated and what i mean by that is over the top of the footage would be uh text-to-speech voice narration oh boy over the top of it with it was the same every time but it wasn't always the same text-to-speech voice over the top of it saying in like broken sentences i don't like not even broken english just like broken sentences like the 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 syntax of it explaining kind of like not even like completely correctly who he was and what had happened to him in the clip it's like so surreal to hear like a robotic voice like say like prayers up for this guy that died as you're watching him get like his neck get slit the um internet is broken isn't it Uh uh-huh yeah and so these weren't even like the like the like because I, I I even though I don't use the platform a lot I know like the TikTok lady voice like I know those voices sure. these were like the cheapo robo text to speech voices right this is not someone altering their own voice and and you know speaking on top of video it is just like you said it's not there's not even a real person behind it yeah it's like they're being auto generated yeah and like just re uploaded by lots of other people too. Because there was a ton of them and it was all the same clip and it might have had different auto generated, but it was all like the same sentence, Mm -hmm. like the same words, just the strangest shit. And I didn't mean it to tie it into this, but just this week, I, I started getting recommended very low view videos on YouTube of, um, channels claiming that they were, um, news VTubers. And I was like, okay, that's a, that's a weird niche to try to become. But I'm like, okay, if somebody's trying to do that, I clicked on one of them. That's where you made your first mistake. Well, of course, of course. But, you know, at this point, it's like, fuck it. Uh, and what it literally is, is just like a stock, like anime girl and a cheap robotic voice, text to speech, just reading out Bloomberg articles. <laughs> but like... It's clearly just reading out the web page, like not even just the articles, because it's reading like Bloomberg.com and like all the like headings and like the mastheads of like the website. Mm-hmm. And then also like the ancillary text, like around advertisements and all that shit, too. Like it's not just reading the article text and it's just like reading it, like not even paying attention to punctuation either. And like it starts like in the middle of sentences, like it doesn't just like start like there's not even like an intro put up. It's the strangest shit, but it's just like using those keywords, I guess, to try to get views of like, oh, this is VTuber and news, right? And so then it's like 
trying to do that and just like filling it out with I, I, I struggle to even use the word content, but it's yeah, just like weird shit. And so a similar thing was used for this guy that violently died in a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is any of this? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, are is there any monetization to be gained out of this? So I think I think it is like the shotgun approach, right? Of like, well, these videos are going to get taken down, but there are people that want to see that footage, mm-hmm. right? And I assume, and this is me giving, being very charitable to the platforms, that they would take down that clip, but maybe they couldn't take all of them down at the same time. Right. Right. So you make 50 bot accounts that would just spam the same video or whatever, however many, whatever X number, whatever you want to put in, in order for it to stay up and gain views. I don't know. Like YouTube, it's it's harder to crack into the monetization. I don't know about TikTok. I don't know what their criteria is for you to get like your first paycheck. But yeah, I don't know. Just surreal shit. Um, and then just I don't I don't really want to get into this because it's all it's all just so grody on its own. Um, and I had to become aware of this through uh, proxy, I guess, because I, I found out about this through like uh, hockey means rather than um, seeing it firsthand, which is a little odd. But it's only because I uh, am no longer on Twitter. Um, so the absolute worst of the worst people on Twitter basically uh right wing grifters uh got word of this what happened to Adam Johnson and uh attempted to turn it into um a racial culture war thing of course they did because the player that happened wh- whose whose skate happened to collide with his neck in this freak accident happened to be black and so th- th- this this is some kind of uh and, and, and how there's like no repercussions for him and how he's not going to be uh, charged criminally for killing a guy and how this is this says something about society or whatever. It's like, what are you talking about? It's insane. First of all, first of all, based off of the 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 grainy pixelated footage, I don't even see how you can tell the race of anybody in the in the videos, let alone singling out one guy. The videos were that low quality. Um because first of all, I don't even know how the original footage would have started out because this is footage of a, a professional game in the UK. I don't even know like if this was even cell phone footage or broadcast footage genuinely. Mm-hmm. Then you have so many layers further removed of all the copies of copies of copies that would wind up, I guess, on Twitter. Then to single out and even see that guy's race. I had no idea that guy was black. It has nothing to do with it. I'm too busy looking at a guy dying. Well, you know what that shows, though? It shows the motivation by of the course. conspiracy theorists because they will take a story and morph it to their own, you know, to fit their own agenda. And so what they probably did was they probably researched who the player was with the intent of finding a way to frame a story. Of course. So. Of course. Yeah. And it's so like. When you when you see it, which again, don't. don't yeah, just don't own, don't see it. Don't see it. But if you did, if you did see it, it's kind of easy for your first thought to be, why the hell did that guy do that? Your skate should never go up that high. Mm-hmm. But it's it's sort of the thing where when your body collides, he, he kind of got hip checked a little bit 
like he was going in to hit somebody else, but he was going to hit their back and their hip sort of collided with his midsection. And so his skates, he he sort of went sideways. And th- this is me. This is me for memory. Right. This is not me, you know. Uh, and so his skates kind of went sideways and his I guess it was his left skate went up. It was such a freak thing. If you see it the first time and it's in slow motion, you're like, it looks like he kicked him. Mm-hmm. It looks like he kicked them the first time you see it, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I saw I saw some conversation around like more hockey oriented stuff being like, well, yeah, he was sort of a known uh, player that like played on the edge a little bit and would take like some charging penalties, stuff like that. That's completely different like, from whatever that, you know, from what this com- is. It's completely different. Nobody would ever try to roundhouse kick somebody with a skate, mm-hmm. you know, like that just doesn't happen. And then you see immediately as as Adam Johnson is trying to make his way off the ice, the guy that hit him with his skate like already has his head in his hands like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck happened? Of course. Because there's so much fucking blood. Yeah, you're in. He's in shock. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck happened? Because as soon as he gets hit, everybody on the ice stops. They stop and they're signaling immediately for the medical help mm-hmm. immediately. They know that it's something's wrong immediately play stops like you've never seen play stop this fast oh, it doesn't wow. even stop for like goalie masks coming yeah, up. yeah that aspect of it i didn't know yeah play immediately stops um so it, it's just like you're really gonna use somebody's death for the most insane off the wall bullshit culture war shit yeah so so far what we're covering here is using this player's death for monetization purposes with just like you know, I don't even know what you call it, just AI-generated garbage on the internet. Yeah. Um, and then the even more malicious purpose of uh, overt racism. I mean, I you know, it's... Mm-hmm. it's Yeah, it's, yeah that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah, it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. The internet is broken. It's it's fucking rough. It's so fucking rough. Um, yeah, and, and, and meanwhile, you just have this young guy just, just dead mm-hmm. because he was doing what he, what he loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think he last played for the Penguins whenever they were in the bubble year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, he was a solid role player. He played in Wilkes-Barre, too. Um, the, the Penguins, uh, after after he passed their next game, um, they they played like, a you know, a video montage of his time, like because he scored a few goals for them. Um, and uh, instead of like doing like a moment of silence, they asked for actually like a standing ovation instead mm-hmm. to celebrate his life rather than just like having it be this dour moment. Sure. Of, you know, um, which I, I, I thought was uh, a better way to approach it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 like I said, just one of the craziest things I've ever seen um, because you're the way you're taught and like you're taught to keep your skates low you know because they're incredibly dangerous especially professionally whenever they're getting them resharpened like between every period you know um like and and so uh in this this wasn't the case when i played (laughs) but uh in youth leagues now like they mandate uh neck protection Mm -hmm. and it's it's basically cut proof um padded cloth that you wear around the neck because kids, you know, like kids have a much harder time controlling their body, right, than than professional athletes. Uh, so if something were to come up, uh, they'd be protected. And uh, that's not the case with professionals. And so the Penguins 
uh, are saying that um, that uh, through their minor league and down. So like uh, in the AHL, the American Hockey League, and then anything lower that's in their system. uh, I think in starting in January, uh, every player is mandated to have neck protection. Excellent. I mean, it's a shame. You know, it's a shame that that it took this for it it to happen. It's like the signs you see on the road um, that like signal a a, like high pedestrian area or something. And you know that the reason that sign was put there is because something tragic happened. Right. Um, But it's it's necessary because this as you know, as as much of a freak thing as it is, it, it did happen and there's nothing to say it couldn't happen again. And mm-hmm. also it's not just the skin, like that's such a, the neck is such a vulnerable, vulnerable area and you have pucks flying at, you know, players faces and, and things like that. I mean, there's all, there's a, yeah. a, you know, a variety of things that can happen on the ice. And I mean, in your opinion, would a, would a neck protector really impede the player's ability to, to perform very much? I, I mean, I don't think it would, mm. but I've never played the sport. No, no. so I've. Like, like I said, I played before that was like a thing. Um, that's how fucking old I am at this point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it really wouldn't. Um, but like professional players are so stubborn and set in their ways. Like it wasn't until 2005 that uh, visors were mandated mm-hmm. and they were still grandfathered in. So if you were like had so many years of playing time, you didn't have to wear one. Uh, and I think that was until the 20, 2013 lockout that that was like, OK, yeah, nobody's grandfathered in anymore. Everybody's got to wear a visor. So they're very slow about that kind of thing. Um, and so in in the NHL, there is currently no no rule mandating uh, neck guards. Uh, nobody is prevented from wearing them. Uh, and so now there's a few penguins that uh, tried them out and a few have stuck with it. So Jeff Carter now wears one uh ryan graves wears one i think carlson tried one at practice but he's not wearing one uh in games um well and so it's it's a thing that's got to be um like the nhl and the players association have to get together in order to like make it uh a rule it's it's to mandate it it's a very good thing then that at least this organization is starting with the uh, minor leagues and the younger players because if you get used to it early on in your career you're much more likely to embrace it throughout and so yeah and that's the thing yeah like they they, they've they wore it uh in in youth leagues you know and um i don't know when that necessarily stops i i think you might have to wear it in college hockey i'm not sure um, but yeah, like you, you were already kind of wearing it and then you just sort of stop for, for pros. Same, same with visors and stuff like, like in, in youth hockey, you wear a full cage mm-hmm. and then you stop. It, it's just kind of funny. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, I just couldn't believe like that. It just couldn't be like, oh, let's just, let's just mourn this tragic event that happened to this guy. And then that would be it. But no, there had to be this this strangeness about it. Of course. Like nothing can just be. No. You know? No, it really can't. Um, so um, but anyway, um I I I I might cut this, but but I just saw this like an hour ago before we started recording. Um, but it's a it's a hockey thing. Um I don't know if you saw this at all. Um this was from uh yesterday. Um 
Andre Vasilevsky uh, was uh, giving post game interview. Um, I think he had a, a shutout against Dallas, um, and uh, it was a it was a it was a different kind of interview, I guess. Um, and I have the clip here. Okay, I'm um, not familiar with this. Okay. What's your mind in the last 48 hours from the end of the game on Saturday to the start of this one? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great feeling uh, last game, but... Um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, 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 mindset, yeah, so, um, yeah, I just... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was just... Uh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent um, because I, I mean, I, it's just, it's very funny, but also I think we've talked about on the show before how useless, um, sports press conferences and, 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 you know, sports mm-hmm. beat writers and their questions that they have to ask and the automatically generated responses that the players have to give back. Like it's all just yeah. such a big old waste of time and mm-hmm. does not give you any insight whatsoever. Um, and there's not necessarily even anyone to blame for it because the journalists are just doing their job. The players are also doing what they're contractually obligated to do. Yeah. It's just a whole lot of nothing. So I'd almost rather have that. <laughs> Did you see the Belichick stuff from this weekend? Um, no, I'd be curious, though, because I know that they have done something historic in that they're the first team in almost 100 years to have three games in a row where they've allowed 10 or fewer points and they've lost all three of those games. Yeah. What's going to be really sad is that I think they'll win on Thursday against the Steelers, but um, uh, just just shut it all down when the Steelers lose that game. Just fucking. Um, but yeah, so he had his press conference. I think they got beat 6 nothing against the Chargers. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so he's doing his press conference and he's just giving the worst answers I've ever seen. And he keeps saying that he answered the question whenever he didn't. <laughs> so so there's a transcript here. Uh, did you consider putting Malik Cunningham in at quarterback or Cunningham? I'm sorry. At, in a quarterback at any point, uh, we did what we thought was best. How do you explain what's continuously gone wrong for the offense? Yeah, I just tried to do that. Sorry if that wasn't good enough. What went into the decision to start Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones? I thought he deserved it. Uh, was it something Zappi did or has Mac not delivered on what you're hoping to get out of him? I think he deserved it. <laughs> do you feel as though organizationally you've let Mac down a little bit? Third year, first round quarterback now on the bench. Yeah, just trying to put the best team we can out there every week. Uh, what do you see from Thaquan Thornton and what more do you want to see from him? I want to see all of our skill players be more productive when they get the opportunity to do that. So it's obvious. Also, you could totally be making up these players. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, how surprised are you at the lack of production from the offense? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> how do you identify as some of the missteps that have contributed to the offense not producing this season? Yeah, I just answered that question, Mike. Yeah, let's not do a season review. We're talking about the game. The game is just over. I'm happy to talk about the game. I made my comments on it. I'm not going to get into my full season review, if that's what you're asking. No. (laughs) It's uh, the question. It's just hard to fathom how the offense has dipped this year, and this is the way we communicate with you to the fans who are curious of the same question. Yeah, I just told you what I thought about the game. We moved the ball, didn't make enough plays to score, got into scoring range, and weren't able to convert those into points. What the offense struggling was there 
a thought to putting Mac Jones into the game. Yeah, we did what we thought was best in the game. How do you keep players motivated when the defense is putting forth such strong performances and the game's ending in losses? Yeah, I think I just answered that question. Come to work every day. Do the best we can. Try to get better. That's what we're going to do. And I think at that point, he just walks off. <laughs> what, how, do you feel, how do you feel about this? I mean, this is, you know, Belichick's always going to be Belichick. But what do you think about this? I, I just think it's like literally I, I, I really think that the press should be harder on him. OK, for starters, uh, because it's like they need to do a job. They need some kind of quote. He's giving them absolutely nothing like they, they still treat him with kid gloves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this is just the thing he does. But it's like. That's nothing. Is he obligated to say more, though? I think he, yeah, I think he's, like, I think he's just, like, lo- well, first of all, I think he's obligated to give some kind of answer. Okay. Which he definitely say, didn't do. Yeah, he, de- he definitely didn't He's like, that. come on. Come on. And then to say, I answered the question and the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> come on. Like, that's ridiculous. He could be his aloof whatever, still keep up his bullshit personality. I guess this kind of works when you're winning, but then when you're two and ten, right. it's, it's a bit of a different, um, different energy to it. Right. I'm just I'm so entertained. <laughs> sure. Because like for me, like I was saying, I think the whole song and dance of the media conferences are so pointless. And whether whether it's Belichick, whether it's anybody else, I just mm-hmm. never got any value out of them. So I kind of am just amused by Belichick's approach to it. Well, yeah, but there's there's Belichick and then there's what was it? Was it Richard Sherman or was it um, who on the Seahawks was it? Maybe Marshawn Lynch. Maybe, yeah, maybe Marshawn Lynch was just like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yeah, there you go. Like, that's that's way better. It is. It's it's more tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. It's like, I have to be here. You have to be here. Right. You know, right. Like, that's just acknowledging it. Maybe it's breaking. I don't know if it's breaking the fourth wall or whatever, but like it's it's breaking the pretense of this charade that we both have to go through. It is disrespectful for Belichick to be like, I answer the question, and he definitely did not answer the question. <laughs> right. Right. I would immediately shoot back with, no, you didn't. Right. But then you get kicked out of the, the media room, and you have to be there again that, next yeah, week. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's- It's, it's a it's power imbalance. It's, it's the, yeah. yeah, there's definitely a power imbalance there. Yeah. So then, I don't know, just rip a fart next time. There you go. You know? I think that is the solution. Yeah. Uh, if you just do that off the top, you get the whole room like feeling loose, you know? Sure, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you do get some interesting answers after that. Mm-hmm. It sets what's, the tone. What's good is that what's good is that it's a, it's a, it was a mystery fart, so it wasn't Vasilevsky. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. No. Yeah. There's just a, just an audible fart. Those are good microphones. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. There should definitely be more farting in the New York Jets press conferences. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's tons of metaphorical ones, but uh huh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, up next, uh, it's been a while, but uh, we have no fucking thanks. Um, I saw this story and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, this is a Wired piece. Is it is it worth reintroducing the segment? It probably is. Uh, yeah, this is the segment uh devoted to all things crypto and <laughs> NFTs and how bullshit they are. I know it's been a long time. Uh, people might not have uh, remember what uh, crypto and NFTs uh, even were, um, but yeah, because uh, all the all the crypto people moved to AI, so we we also have a segment for that. Um, but yeah, every once in a while, there's still some kind of bullshit with uh, crypto. But this comes to uh, Wired. Uh, this is from Andy Greenberg. Um, so 
there is a a, a very well known um, USB key that stores that uh, stores uh, a Bitcoin wallet, and it's uh, uh, stores uh, seven thousand and two bitcoins. And uh, at the time of writing, uh, which was October twenty fourth, uh, would be worth two hundred thirty five million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um. And it's it's been locked. The the, the its owner, uh, Stefan Thomas, uh, lost the password. He can't get into it. Relatable. And exactly, <laughs> yeah. And you, you ever just lose a quarter of a billion dollars? You know, uh, I think the Browns have, but uh, you know. Couldn't <laughs> 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 help. No, that was well well placed and well deserved. So. <laughs> Oh shit. Um but yeah, so so he he lost the password. He can't get into it. Uh he he says that he wants the money and so he's he's tried to he's he's done all kinds of media tours being like, "Yeah, you know, I really I really need some help getting into this." <laughs> and so he's like tried all 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 the all the password attempts that he 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 could and I think he's down to it's either his last guess or his last like two guesses before it like wipes the data. Oh wow. Um yeah. And so there is a, a, a hacker team that says that they've uh, like cracked the encryption. They know how to do it. But Stefan doesn't want their help. But, 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 but wait a minute. Don't you don't you want the. Well, does he not trust them? Does he think they're messing with him and they're going to make him enter the password and then it's going to wipe the drive? Well, no, like they 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 want to cut, obviously. Uh, OK. Oh, right? that's what it is. Oh, that's so, that's stupid. Yeah. Why is that stupid? No, no, not that they want to cut. The fact that he wouldn't let them help because how else are you gonna? Oh, yeah. How else are you gonna get your money? Yeah. So, so uh, this is from the article. So, uh, it's a it's a, an encrypted thumb drive known as an Iron Key S two hundred, and uh, th- this is uh, uh, like sort of a uh, hacking startup called Unciphered that has uh, claims that they've um, managed to break the encryption uh, like on this model, and so they've done it with other you know, other uh, ones of this USB key. Also, this and is to the, some bad press for the USB key manufacturers. Oh, uh, potentially. But I mean, it's, t- it's taken years for anybody <laughs> okay. to, True. to crack it. Um, and so according to Wired, uh, they said that they uh, were able to crack it like in front of them. So like they did prove that they are able to do it. Um, and But but uh th- this Thomas guy, he, he doesn't want their help. He's like refused them. They can't even like get into a meeting with him. Um, and so, uh, apparently it took them eight months to develop the, uh, ability to crack the like specific iron key because it's like a decade old. Um, cause he had the Bitcoin from way back, like whenever it was first popping, I guess. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was from 2011, his iron key, uh, but lost the password uh, he says that he's tried eight incorrect guesses and he has two more tries before the iron key erases the keys <laughs> stored on it and he loses access to the bitcoins forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the thing is, is that he has a uh, quote unquote handshake deal with two other cracking teams uh, last year. And uh, in an effort to prevent the two teams from competing, he offered each a portion of the proceeds uh, if either one of them could unlock the drive. So he's splitting it three ways. So he's splitting it three ways. And so even though 
there's another team that says, hey, we can crack this. We proved it. We'll prove it to you as well. He's still sticking with his, you know, who he brought to the dance, I guess. Well, do you respect that loyalty? Not really. Because okay. <laughs> okay. It, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think I think he's just more like enamored with the press he gets for like having this like mystery USB key. It's like either this or he's like already promised most of the funds to other people. Yeah, well the first uh the first theory there makes a lot of sense because once this key is cracked, the new story ends. Yeah. So once yeah, once he's, he's no got the Exactly. So this is his claim to fame. He's extending his 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Still I take the millions. Right. It's a quarter of a billion dollars. Is he already wealthy? He is. Oh, all right. Well then he is. <laughs> okay. Through other crypto ventures. <laughs> sure. Yeah. This was his his crypto side hustle here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just bizarre. It's like you could probably still it's like pay those guys. Like if they didn't get close, but like, hey, here's here's something for your trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Pay I'm them take for the cash Yeah, pay them for their efforts and labor, mm-hmm. but also get the money. Yeah. It would be one thing if they were like right there, if they were close to getting it. And they're like, well, I've just, mm-hmm. I started out with these guys. We're going to, we're going to do it on our own. But if you say they're not even close, then I don't know what the deal is here. Well, that's the thing. I don't think anybody knows. It's like, it's, it's all very secretive, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to really give away your progress. I, like, I think he should, like this I think he should team. use one. He's got two tries left. He should use one more try just off of memory. Just like think about the old passwords that he used to use. Mm-hmm. I, I say give it one more shot. You never know. Sure. Password one, two, three. <laughs> there you, you know, go. Just, just fired out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's what's going on with crypto. Oh, oh no. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I forgot we have one more. Uh, this was making the rounds. Uh, you probably saw this. Um, so it, it it's a it's a common thing online. You, one of the one of the easy way to identify a crypto bro is if their profile picture, uh, if they use whether it's an avatar, a photo of a celebrity, or one of their fucking god awful NFTs, has uh, laser eyes coming out of them. You seen that, right? Um, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a thing that they <laughs> okay. do. So now you know it makes it real easy to identify one of them. That's that's a thing they do. There were I, I different. No, this. There were different iterations of this in the past, though, right? Yeah, but I guess they kind of they kind of took it. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know the significance really, but uh, they do it. They're in their superhero it's, phase. Sure, I don't think they ever left, but uh, yeah. Um, so uh, at the sort of board apes, they had some kind of exclusive party or whatever uh they got blinded by lasers (laughs) 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 there was some kind of uh laser laser light show or whatever (laughs) and then the next day a bunch of them started like posting online like hey is anybody else who went to i don't know it was like ape fest or whatever whatever the fuck it was called like did anybody anybody else's eyes like kind of like seeing spots or anything also i really hope it was called ape fest yeah me too yeah uh, you know, does everybody, anybody got like spots in their eyes or like, like you know, like can't really like look out in the light or anything, you know? And everyone's like, yeah, me too. Yeah. What, what the hell's going on? So, yeah, uh, they used like an unregulated amount of like uh, laser lights at the at the at this ape fest. I didn't even know there were regulations. Well, sure. Yeah. You know how like you're not supposed to shoot like a laser pointer like into the into the sky. I thought that was like for that. like 
so you don't down a plane. Yeah, like radar. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it could make you yeah. go blind, though. Well, if you shoot it in your eyes. Okay. It's like, that's what, like, every sticker on, like, a laser pointer says, hey, don't aim at your eye. So I'm confused, though, because I, I thought their avatars, these lasers were, like, graphics that they, they put in a photo. I didn't think they were actually shooting yeah. lasers into their eyes. So, yeah, that's the thing. So they, they were graphics. So the irony here is that they went blind from lasers in their eyeballs whenever that was sort of their I was starting I was starting not to believe in karma, but uh-huh. here we are. Okay, so the uh, the going theory is that the event organizers, and this is from uh, Web3's Going Great, which is a fantastic website. Uh, the going theory is that event organizers skimped on lighting costs by using UV lights intended for sanitation, not for entertainment, causing burns to the eyes and skin. The eye condition, photokeratitis, I had to check how many T's were in there, photokeratitis is better known as snow blindness or welder's flash, as it more typically affects people who haven't worn proper eye protection while welding or while exposed to sunlight reflected from ice and snow. Several attendees reported having to seek emergency medical attention after experiencing excruciating eye pain and vision problems. Uh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) (sighs) And so the the thing is, is that so like all the all the NFTs and all the graphics with the laser eyes, everyone just apparently has had them going the wrong way. We thought that the lasers were coming out of the eyes. No, really, they're going in. They're going into the eye. That's right. <laughs> this whole time. That's right. It was right there. <laughs> it was right there. We just didn't realize it's some five D chess. Um, that's probably you know there that's that might be the strangest story of the episode so far, which is saying a lot. It really is, huh? Man. Yeah. Just just imagine that. Like, think of all the shows that, like, we've been to, you know, mm-hmm. with, like, uh, professional light setups. Yeah, they're, and, like, regulated you know, very, lights now. I know that now. <laughs> yeah, just very you know, extravagant, you know, setups and, like, uh, elaborate, you know, sort of, uh, uh, not necessarily choreography, but, like, you know, like, synchronization and, like, I guess it is choreography, you know, like. How do you even get your how do you even get your hands on sanitation lights? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even understand how powerful the sanitation lights would have to be in order to like for you to notice them, you know? Yeah. Is this like black market <laughs> light purchases like I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what you could buy with Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, right? There you go. There you go. You know? That's right. Yeah, you can't really get the get the regular stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what's going on with crypto lately. <laughs> Um, but, uh, on to the next grift, uh, artificial insanity. So, like I said, uh, a lot of the crypto dorks, they've moved on to AI. That's their new thing. Uh, it's what's going to carry us into the future, uh, and take all the creative jobs, apparently. Um, and, uh, I don't really give a shit anymore. <laughs> uh, and so I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm just going to put a family member on blast. Um, cause I, I know they won't be listening and I know they definitely won't be listening to an hour into the show. So. <laughs> fuck it um because cause it was thanksgiving you know and you gotta you gotta do the whole thing and you gotta be around people that you'd really care not to be mm-hmm. and uh sometimes that means <laughs> you gotta listen to a crazy person <laughs> try to corner your dad about hydroxychloroquine <laughs> or oh there's more or you have to, uh, you're, you're literally trapped, literally trapped. And I mean, this cannot escape <laughs> while, 
while uh, not naming any names, uh, an, an annoying member of your family that you really do not care for because they took your car and crashed it in total loss, uh, is trying to explain AI art to another member of your family that is an actual artist. Now, just the logistics. So how are you like physically trapped during this? I was physically trapped because on one end, there's that conversation going that I literally cannot physically move past. And on the other, there is a feeding newborn. Okay. That I cannot squeeze past. So I was literally trapped. Literally. (laughs) I could not get out. It was just, it was like a hostage situation. (laughs) So I had to listen as a a, a certain somebody was explaining uh, their AI art to an actual artist and acting as if they were on like the same sort of level as somebody that, you know, was able to to paint quite well and actually uh, teaches art. (laughs) Is an art teacher. The teacher becomes the student, I guess. Yeah, is 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 hearing about uh, how fantastic their AI art is, and is being shown pictures of uh, Roman battle AI art. <laughs> Do they have lasers coming out of the eyes? I don't or, know. I did or not into the see, eyes. I did not want to see the Roman battle AI art. Okay, but can you like this? Can you be more of a stereotype? Truly, that's their Roman Empire. It is. <laughs> Also, also, while just like totally plastered. Of course. I mean, that that should go without saying. Yeah. And I'm just stuck there, just looking around every once in a while, glancing at the baby whenever people said, oh, look at that. Oh, yes, that's very nice. (laughs) And then out of the other like other ear, I got to hear like, I'd be very curious to see what you could do. You give it you give it the prompts and it's really it's really about composition. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, asking I just, the just, the real artists what they could do with the AI, with AI art program. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just acting as if you putting in, you know, Roman big battle muscle man <laughs> enter into the into the thing, acting as if you're on like the same level as somebody that like nose technique because that's it's not that's co- is that really theory. just is what you do right you you put in a, a written prompt yeah so there's not yeah. i'm thinking like this is not even like um there's no level of like photoshop here where you're actually going in and editing no you're just you're <laughs> no you tell it what it wants you to see and it takes stolen artwork from real artists and sort of collides them all together and spits out some dumb approximation of what you think. The only sort of like editing that goes on is like whether you like it or not and decide to take a screenshot of it. <laughs> so and show to your family. What? Uh, so, yeah, speaking of that, what did the artist have to say in response, if anything? Was being very polite. Oh, sure. OK. Was just being very polite. I would not have been as charitable. No. But you know me. No. Well, you just wait to yeah. put them on blast on a podcast, which is acceptable. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just just incredible scenes. And and so I eventually was able to escape by literally escaping out the back door. Can you make AI art that recreates this um, Thanksgiving scene? Maybe. I'd like to see what you could do with that. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put 
Hell on Earth in the style of Norman Rockwell. There you go. That that's yeah. Yeah. That'll sum it up. Yeah. The internet's broken. Put another. What's up? No, just the internet's broken. It's a it's oh, a yeah. it's an ongoing theme here. Oh yeah. I'll put another family member on blast. My dad was trying to do the AI too. He wanted to do a, a Thanksgiving poem. Oh okay. And he put in Thanksgiving poem in the style of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> okay. And he wanted to read it out at the at the table. I was like, no, this sucks. Don't do this. Don't do this. That's at least a little like that's a little funny. No, but he was like like earnest in his. Mm, no, I think I know his sense. His sense of humor can can venture into that type of thing sometimes. I feel like the the AI art thing that's like coming from a place of like misguided confidence. <laughs> Um, oh sure, but the the po- the Doctor Seuss poem. I think that's that's more tongue in cheek. No, was it not? That that wasn't the tone. I mean, I obviously wasn't there for it. My dad is very impressed by the AI. All right, and also has he also has a misunderstanding of what it is and got mad at me whenever I corrected him. Okay, so he he said that uh, as he was explaining it to uh, some other people at dinner about how it searches the entire internet, and I said no, no, it does not. Mm-mm. It uses a data set from two thousand twenty one. It is very limited in its knowledge. <laughs> it does not search the entire internet. In fact, it's frequently wrong. And he got very upset at me. He said I was uh, being pedantic. But I was like, that's a very big difference. I mean, he's just trying to have fun with Dr. Seuss. Yeah, but that's uh, theft. Yeah, but Dr. Seuss was kind of an asshole. As we've discussed, every writer's an asshole. That's true. <laughs> Also, if it's if it's a data set from 2021, it wasn't stealing from Dr. Seuss. It was stealing from God knows how many other sources. Exactly. Dr. Seuss is also probably in there. Also, it did not it did not get close to Dr. Seuss. It rhymed. That's that was a, a start. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. I was like, no, this sucks. It's like, don't do this. <laughs> I was pleading. Was he <laughs> was it directed at another? Was there a poet at the table that he was directing this to? Ah, uh, me. OK, maybe. yeah. It, it did feel like an affront. It was, you know, mm-hmm. look what the computer can do kind of thing. Right, like, no. right, yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're good at math. Look at this calculator. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's it's just, it just sucks. I'm, I just wonder how many, like, versions of, like, that exact thing happened, like, across Thanksgivings this year. Oh, you know? yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> just rough, just rough sledding. Oh, man. It's like, it's like, fine. You want to fuck around with the AI art? Fine. But don't act like you're an artist. No, if you're having, I I think the, the, the use for that is to be like, Hey, that looks interesting. And then you mess around with it for five minutes on, Uh on your own. And then you uh-huh. get bored by it and you're like, well, this is pretty stupid. And then you move on and yeah. forget it exists. Yeah. Anything more than that is just too much. Yeah. Like if if you have this like sort of passion in order to explain, you know, your your thought process behind what you were telling the computer to spit out, you know, like if, 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 you, if you seemingly put up this this front that you like are interested and care about, uh, quote unquote, art. Like, why don't you try it out? Why don't you try it? Yeah. Why don't you try to draw or paint or something mm-hmm. like like who knows? Like maybe you actually might be good at it or just might enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like could have hobbies and then you could talk about that. Is there anything satisfying about creating AI art? Like, I don't see the 
I don't think so. The satisfaction that comes from it. There's such a disconnect. You're typing in words and it, it's doing it's it. It's doing it. Like there's no real like there's more interaction in in pretty much any video game. Just play a video game. Sure. You know? Yeah. Hey, kill two birds with one stone. Mario paint. There you go. Or like yeah. alternatively go outside, maybe take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. some self-reflection. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's no self-reflecting <laughs> going on here. Let me tell you. None at all. I'll have to tell you. I'll tell you off <laughs> off recording the rest okay. of that shit. Yeah, I'm Holy sure. Holy God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's my first hand account of uh the AI artificial this insanity season. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I think I think I think the artificial insanity is just me at this point. I think it's just driving me insane. You know? That's most things on this podcast though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Here's what's fucking me up this week. Or this month. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Whenever whenever one of these comes out. Um I did want to mention here, uh we were <laughs> We were going to potentially talk about uh, David Fincher's uh, new movie, The Killer. Um, but some scheduling snafus <laughs> that I didn't watch the movie. Well, no, that's not so that's will, definitely not fair f- on you because well, I what happened. <laughs> I rescheduled. You intended to watch the movie. Then I rescheduled uh, yeah. and then I rescheduled again. And then I backtracked on one of the reschedulings. And that left us with me watching the film and you not. Right. Which I didn't see because I didn't know. I could have sent the message like, well, because I didn't want to put it on you to be like, hey, are you going to watch the movie? Yeah. Um. So uh, next week, next week, we'll talk about that. Spoiler alert, it's very good. Okay. Um, although that's not much of a surprise because it's David Fincher. Sure. I just wish he wouldn't cast problematic people in his movies, but that we can get into that as well. Oh, what? Who the hell's in this? Uh, Fastbender. Oh. Wait, what's up with him? He's got a history. Th- th- oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I missed that. It's understandable. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, next week, uh, tune in for that. Uh, this will not be a... Uh, so that be a thirst situation. Well, I, I enjoyed our discussion of that. And if you happen to miss it, um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, what's crazy is that I watched that movie, you know, <laughs> I watched it. Was it good? Did you like it? I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, you, so you didn't even end up watching it? I saw maybe like 30 minutes of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! I would have finished um, it for the record if we were gonna, uh-huh. you know, if we yeah. were gonna talk about it. Well, we were. Well, if we did talk about it, uh-huh. I would have made sure to have seen the rest of the, the film. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we had we were gonna do something. Oh, we were gonna watch Old Boy. We had all kinds of plans. Um, was it Old Boy or was it Decision to Leave? Because that's actually his latest film. So he came out with Decision to Leave at the end of last year, and people say it's really good. And then there was the remastered Old Boy release that came out in theaters this summer. So there was a lot of Park Chan Wook going on. We had high hopes yeah. for covering them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did not happen. Still could at some point. Still could, but did not happen. From what from what I did see of Thirst, it was not, in my opinion, shaping up to be one of his strongest. Uh, it, it's a it's a different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. What's funny is is that by the end, it reminded me more of oh God in heaven, I'm so bad with names. The host guy, 
Oh, um, um, Parasite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. How am I? You've, you've transferred this on to me now. <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. Thank you. Oscar Thank you. winner. Oscar winning. Best picture winner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, why, why do I have a podcast again? It's unclear. Um, but, but, but no, but anyway, yeah, by the end, it sort of reminded me of uh, one of his movies. Um, just in it's like sort of like dark comedy, mm-hmm. uh, and and not just because they're both uh, Korean directors, and also have uh, <laughs> same lead actor in a lot of their movies. Well, that 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 last point is very true. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's just like the, the the dark comedy of it uh, felt very similar. Like a lot of the uh, like same same like sort of like comedic beats mm-hmm. where they just kind of like let something hang. Um, felt similar because um, it's also like you know, like a monster movie, you know, like it's not a, uh, like revenge film, you know? Um, but anyway, <laughs> I guess that's as close as we're going to get to that movie. There we go. We, <laughs> we, we got it in there. We got it. We got it. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about the anime right now. Yeah, I'll save it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I don't know kind of curious, actually. You've kind of hooked me with that, with the show notes here, because I... Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. I knew that would get you. I knew that would get you. Um, okay, fine. Um, let me hit my button. Okay, anyway. <laughs> what's it What's it streaming on, though? Maybe I should watch it. Uh, it's Crunchyroll. Oh, okay. I let that lapse. Yeah, it's not surprising. <laughs> um... Yeah, so this week I watched uh, anime from I think it was like from 2015. It's an it's you know it's been a while. Uh, called Plastic Memories, uh, and I put in the notes here the anime version of After Yang, which was a movie we watched. I guess was that this year, or last year? Definitely not this year. Okay, it actually might have been 2021. I don't really. No, don't say that to me. Don't say. Let that me, to me. Let me. Don't say that to me. It is a 2021 film. I don't know if it came out like streaming that year. I right. want to say it. No, no, you're right. It was February of last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Highly, highly um, recommend. By the way, if you if you haven't seen, fantastic. It. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh and I I only say that because of uh some some slight similar similarities. It's. <laughs> It's the the craftsmanship is much different. I would, I would say. imagine the um <laughs> the uh the um the deafness which like it handles uh, subject material. There, there's 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 a difference. <laughs> say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So the setup is that this is like uh, in a futuristic um like Asian city. They they just say like. East Asia, which doesn't narrow it down a whole lot. Uh, Wikipedia then says it's modeled after um, Singapore, which is okay, sure. Um, and uh, a dude is going to work for a tech company, and he's going to work for, uh, as he turns out, like their sort of, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like their reclamation department. And what that means is that they have a, a, a product of Android's um, and I, I forget what they're called, but it doesn't matter either. Um, but they're indistinguishable from humans and, um, they, they only have a lifespan of nine years after which they need to be, uh, reclaimed and brought back. Um, and what they need to do is like get a signature from 
whoever owns them and like bring them back and deactivate them otherwise they can uh break down and go crazy and whatever um but whenever they're brought in they will lose all their memories and may or may not be used uh again uh but if they are used again they will they will not have any memories of their previous uh incarnations even though they might use the same body um and so it's similar to after yang in that it's setting up this this world in which uh people and families will just have like ostensibly humans living with them that might just well well will like break down and die and they have to like return them before they do and so there are these situations in which uh like people have to say goodbye to like somebody that they were treating as a granddaughter somebody that they were treating as uh, a sibling somebody that they were treating as a a parent in some cases um and these are the the segments of the show that are like deeply affecting as you're talking about like how this is affecting somebody and uh how it's even affecting these these androids themselves as they have to basically be euthanized because they only live for nine years even though they might be a a, a child like in in the in the body of a child or they might be an adult or whatever um like regardless they still only have this nine-year lifespan and um so you do have these like very moving scenes of um people coming to terms with like their grief of letting go of people that they saw as family um and also like just accepting these these androids as full humans in in their lives and like not seeing them any like you see like the difference between just like oh yeah i bought this to help me out around the house but then it became my you know daughter you know basically um it's like or you just like see like the reactions of somebody that uh like for the most part people just like say goodbye and mourn but then there's somebody that says oh yeah please reset her and bring her back like even though she'll like lose all her memories it's like oh yeah i've done this five times already even though she's a new person each time Hmm. but i still i still treat her the same way so like all these different like uh stories of interacting with somebody that is going to die you will have to say goodbye to and like what kind of mark they will leave on you and just like that impermanence is quite affecting um what's not as good is <laughs> yeah. the uh sort of just like generic anime romance oh uh, okay um because the guy that goes to work for this department um he gets assigned to work with one of these androids and so he falls in love blah 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 they fall in love blah blah blah. that's not really as interesting and then of course it does go through like well she's going to expire too basically and that of, of course is a more interesting angle to take but their story is not as interesting as the stories of these people that they're meeting are, especially because I don't really buy their romance whatsoever. It's just like they happen to be in the same place. And so you kind of just like mush them together. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, like I, I was much more interested in the story of another one of their coworkers who like was raised by one of these androids and she attempted to run away with her father whenever it was his time to be reclaimed and 
he like went past his expiration date and went berserk or whatever. And then like a SWAT team shot him down in front of her, you know, like shit like that is much more interesting than this like very generic romance that like I, I don't even understand why you two are together despite the like aside from the fact that you're just like the main characters does that you know? is that really the central like in the in in the second half it becomes the central thing okay yeah unfortunate yeah yeah um and also like this was clearly not part of the story that they were going to tell but i'm also just like and it, again it really wasn't the part of after yang to an uh, certain just, only a little bit um just like the 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 economics of this this like company and this system mm-hmm. that they have of where like yeah this is a business and that's like never addressed at all the only time it's anything related to the business aspect of it is ever like even broached is a a, a throwaway thing about like the 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 new guy asks like well why do we need to make the the owners like watch us like power down their android basically and they said it's because of privacy reasons and it's because this this uh this is a uh, a machine that was like living with you for years and so it's like a a, a huge security risk so just regulations you we have to watch you power it down and that's it and it's never addressed again it's like okay but like what about this like huge like tech conglomerate that is just like selling people right and then also euthanizing them and then also repackaging them for something that's so thoughtful in certain areas you it's it's quite an oversight yeah and it's like okay well that's like not what you want to address at all but it's like it's just sort of like hanging over it maybe just for me (laughs) yeah i mean you know right right i'm sure people could watch that and not give it a second thought but like if you're creating this world that is a giant factor yeah because like even after yang like it wasn't the the main point of it like it was about that family and how they live their life with that and their memories and you know that was the that was the story but they still had that sequence of like trying to repair him and like going to the that junk shop and like trying to get him fixed and everything and like all that stuff and like that was still like the economics of like this whole system and like trying to get him replaced and like all that kind of stuff um like it and I guess they do kind of mention this, like whenever they're talking to somebody because they can't like uh, take the Android unless they get its owner to sign the paperwork. And so they're like, well, you have some options here. We can give you a discount on a new one and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, yeah. It's like, you know, this is a business. Like, what does that, what does that do to you? And you're working with these Androids too. And now you've fallen in love with one and you don't see any, how are you feeling about like the monetary aspect of this Mm -hmm. whatsoever? Like these are, this is like, your friends and they're also being sold as a commodity and that's you know like what does that do whenever you can like buy a new granddaughter right you know like i don't know um but yeah like like it it is thoughtful in a lot of respects like whenever it's telling these stories of these people um and then like in the romance aspect it's it's just it's fine (laughs) it's whatever it's just very bland Mm -hmm. you know almost like they felt like they needed to have it yeah and towards the end and like the second half is like this focus it feels like they ran out of space like they wanted there to be like a little a little more but then they just sort of sort of ran out and so i'm like okay i wonder like like what this was adapted from that sort of maybe expands on this ending a little bit um turns out it it was an anime original like there there's no source material Hmm. which surprised me a little bit uh mostly because 
just a lot of these shows are just based off of uh, either a manga or a light novel or a visual novel, some kind of thing, usually. Um, but no, this was this was an original anime. Um, but yeah, it just feels like in the in the tail end, it was just sort of like, yeah, you know, we got you two together and it's going to be sad whenever the the girl android's going to die. And then, uh, yeah, that that's going to happen. And then the show just kind of kind of ends. Sure. Like, OK, you don't want to tell any other kind of like what what's your messaging here? I don't know. Um, there also is like one little arc that is like an outlier that made me think the show was like almost going to go like f- like psychopaths like level. Oh, interesting. Because um, like it's it's set up that uh, if these androids go past their expiration date, they can sort of go nuts and get very violent. Um, and then it's also still their job to like bring them in. Uh, and they have uh, like a, a gun like thingy that shoots a, a, a virus payload into them that basically kills them. And it's like, OK, so is this turning into like almost like a psychopath kind of show? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, like that's the way like that episode was sort of framed, like in a similar kind of style. Like it's it's suddenly like raining, you know. And it's just very dour and like it's it's bringing back flashbacks of uh, the one co-worker and her dad and like getting mauled down by the SWAT team, you know, um, and it's like, oh, geez, this is like kind of a tonal shift for this. Um, and that was the only that was the only episode like that. And uh, that was the only time like like going berserk and like those guns were ever brought up and used, which I on one hand, I appreciated because it was still not as effective as like these other stories of meeting these people and these families and um, trying to get like people to accept the fact that they need to give up, you know, a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like a bizarre outlier. It's like, why, why were there like even any weapons in this show, especially by the end of it? Uh, just, 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 a just a weird thing. Um, maybe another thing they felt they needed to include. Maybe, but it feels even less necessary than even the, the romance, romance yeah. thing. Just checking off boxes, maybe. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, I guess so. But like, yeah, whenever you only have 12 episodes, it's like there's not the space for this. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, intriguing premise. I I, I feel like a lot of those episodes were very affecting and um, memorable and and thoughtful and well done. I just think on the whole, it's uh, pretty much a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really didn't know what I was expecting out of it. I was expecting a, a more just like sci-fi, uh, like not necessarily action oriented, but like more kind of like that uh, than I was expecting sort of like nuanced discussions of, uh, you know, like memory and loss. So that was surprising. Um, and I definitely appreciated it for that, um, which was even like not even just like the setup was what reminded me of after Yang. It was whenever they got into like. He's like, oh, shit, they're actually like trying to say something here was whenever it reminded me of after Yang, Um, you know, because like Android anime, like that's a dime a dozen. Right. But whenever it's like actually trying to like approach the subject of, yeah, what happens whenever this toy that is indistinguishable from a human is now no longer in somebody's life? What does that do to both sides of the situation? Um, It's a great concept. Sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's what I watched this week. Um, yeah, uh, I am curious about your Taylor Swift thing here. Um, 
I don't know. We're we're running kind of long here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's fine. I mean, I can. It's it's not a whole lot. I've just uh, recent events have brought to light sort of the industry that is Taylor Swift. Uh huh. And why that is not such a good thing. I mean, I vocally. You get, you, I, you're gonna need to. I know. You're gonna need to narrow it down for me. I know. I've, is this I've, the? This is me saying that I have. Uh, Open my eyes to okay the problematic aspects of of uh, Miss Swift. Uh huh. Um, you know her her tour went to Brazil. Um, there was horrendous uh weather and heat during it, and and yeah. a young fan passed away. Yeah. Um, and the her uh actions and more importantly inaction after the fact really kind of. Opened my eyes to to Taylor Swift's approach to um, her image and you know social media the show persona. Must go on. The show must go on. Her persona. Her a lot of things. Uh, how do I how do I put this? I don't know. This is tough. So basically, for example, this uh, young woman passes away. Um, the media catches on to the fact that the family of this woman cannot even afford to have her body uh, brought back home. Um, Jesus. And so there is absolutely no offer or anything on behalf of Taylor Swift or her team to mm-hmm. to assist in this in the situation. Uh, what there was, well, that's you know, it sets a very dangerous precedent because if she does that, then she has to pay for every funeral for every fan that dies at one of her shows. It's it's true. You know? It's it's really a slippery slope. Um, <laughs> Christ, that's a rough one. Um, <laughs> But it, it does kind of speak. So like then, you know, a few days pass and she invites the family of the deceased to one of her shows and like does like a, I guess, a photo op and, and like, uh, and then, and then the weirdest. Um, she's not Joe Biden. Well, um, the weirdest part about it for me was that she gave, I think, the mother of the deceased a, a, a signed autograph, a, a, an autographed photo of Taylor Swift of herself, <sighs> which seems at best tone deaf of, of the situation at hand. Here is a, 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 a memento that will remind you of the event that your daughter died at. Exactly. Um, of course, the defenders of, of Taylor Swift, uh, which I used to be one of them, uh, were saying how, you know, Taylor Swift couldn't really take much action when it came to this because she could face legal consequences. And to that, the obvious response is she is one of the wealthiest people in the world and it doesn't matter uh-huh. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, throw the, the law book at her face. It does not matter. Um, yeah. I know it's not called the law book. Oh, if only. Uh, it would simplify a lot of things, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and then you kind of, you, you see this transpire and you see her then post on Instagram a recap of her, like this leg of her tour and how wonderful and amazing it was and how she had such a great time meeting her fans and yada, yada, yada. And it's just like business uh-huh. as usual. And yeah. There was like someone died, but the ship, like, the ship goes like the ship keeps going, uh-huh. like uninterrupted. That's like when fucking Facebook like uh, shows you, oh, this is your memories for the past year, and it's like uh, like a photo of somebody that died 
that year, you know. No, but not no even because this woman, this know, girl, didn't like, even exist in these posts. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was yeah. really no, not even a moment taken to to sort of uh, mm -hmm. at least grapple with what happened here. Um, and and it just it rings so insincere on the on the part of Taylor Swift, and it and it kind of brings to light things that have happened in the past that I've overlooked and and you know there's examples of when she would come out with a single uh that lyrically sort of um was in support of like the LGBTQ plus community and she would use uh members of that community in like her music videos and she would like go to events with people that she after the fact never really engaged with again um yeah because they're props because they are props and yeah i see that now and it's uh -huh. not good um, and to take it even further, uh, you know, her music, which for a lot of people, uh, it feels authentic and, and genuine lyrically <laughs> and all that, that even with, within this context, it, you just can't, you just don't connect with it the same way because you mm. get the feeling that it's coming from a place of insincerity commercialism. and commercialism and, and it's, mm -hmm. it's all very, very calculated. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the NFL fan who's like get the women off my screen. I don't care about that. Um yeah. but I I have realized just how calculated and frankly cold uh Taylor Swift and the Taylor Swift industry as I'm calling it uh can be. The Taylor Swift industrial complex. Industrial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how yeah. how utterly like I mean is is it too much to call it inhumane? It kind of is because she just bought a new jet. And so, oh, that's nice. you know, so to that, that aspect of it is inhumane because there's no regard for her, uh, you know, footprint on this world. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And I, I kind of, uh, I, I would, if I, I wonder why it was so damn hot in Brazil, huh? That's yeah. A lot of huh. people have, yes, of course that's, you can connect the dots there. Um, crazy. So, you know. Is now let me clarify: Is a lot of the Taylor Swift hate over the years due to misogyny? Absolutely. Um, however, was I wrong in overlooking this stuff? Yes. Um, and for me personally, it really leaves a sour taste, and I really don't have much interest in engaging with her art anymore. So, mm. you know, that's 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 what that's about. Um, if I well, see, it's good that I I can't listen to this podcast because I hate the sound of my own voice. Because if I were to go uh -huh. back and listen to some old episodes, I probably wouldn't be pleased with uh, some of my Taylor Swift. Uh, sure, the, the blind support, the the uh, unconditional support, because uh -huh. there are conditions here. Um, yeah, even even just I just remember this just this past summer here. Uh, oh, geez, okay, <laughs> vociferous defense of uh, yeah. What, of what specifically? Do you remember what it was? Oh, I remember a little Fourth of July party. Okay. I don't know. You were just just defending her. Oh, this is off the podcast. This is in. This was off the oh, podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, this was just. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, looking back at well, it, I I think Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy were a good match for each other. Um, the hey, the thing that yeah. really killed that relationship is. Uh, Branding. Branding. Exactly. That's genuinely what it was. <laughs> yeah. um, as soon as she yeah. got a whiff of the backlash, she's like, I'm sorry, buddy. We are mm -hmm. one in the same, but I I can't I can't be seen with you anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, just kind of setting the record straight there for what it's worth. Um, well, you know, I'm glad you came 
the right side of history and this podcast. I would say definitely the podcast history. I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, no. Because no. the other problem here is that Taylor Swift is um, it, like indestructible. And and the way I the, the reason I mention that an example is because uh, I'm sure you saw the recent Travis Kelsey tweets that resurfaced from when he was uh, in college. Uh, only only you mentioning it. Okay, so um, the tweets from when he was in college uh, didn't have a following back then, so these were kind of, you know, forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Um, But now that he's in the spotlight, they resurfaced, and most of them, the majority of them, were very problematic. Um, Sure. For example, he was doing a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, body shaming. He was fat phobic. He Mm -hmm. threw out the R word on on numerous occasions. Um, Just not good stuff you know not a good look by mm-hmm. any by any means um so those are circulating uh you know you can see them on reddit you could see them in, va- in various outlets and within i want to say like a day maybe two days you see this concentrated media effort with like you know outlets like people magazine i don't know probably like variety stuff like the, you know like the the celebrity mm-hmm. publications um posting these like fluff pieces about how cute travis kelsey's tweets are and they show the The tweets specifically no well no that's the thing so they actually uh pick the inoffensive ones so these articles pick the inoffensive ones they highlight them um and they say look at how adorable travis kelsey was when he was younger and you cannot find the deeply offensive tweets in these stories and so that Mm -hmm. to me like you put two and two together here and it's like Taylor Swift's uh, influence on the media landscape, it just feels like a concentrated effort to frame the narrative here, Uh right? And like maintain Travis Kelsey's like good boy image, right? uh, Which hell if I know how that even started in the first place. Um, I, I don't know. But uh, so, you know, stuff like that, it's it's so easy, the the wide reaching influence that she has uh, mm-hmm. to kind of sweep any potential friction or, or problematic uh, elements of her life. Just kind of just kind of, you know, make them disappear. Right. Um, yeah. So there's that, too. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. It's just been a very it's been a very. uh rough stretch for taylor swift here and i'm not even saying that that's like an outlier because it's a rough stretch that is consistent with things that she has done for years now um it just Mm -hmm. kind of is now in your face and you can't help but avoid it unless you are so indoctrinated or infatuated with her that you do overlook it or if you just happen to read these 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 you know celebrity publications and you don't look at other parts of the internet that actually like you know what i mean like if you if you Mm -hmm. miss the reddit post that circulated um right if you miss the original resurfacing of the tweets and you only saw the people magazine story you're like oh that's that's amusing um and then you move on with your day and i'm sure that's most people so Mm -hmm. it's effective it's calculated and it's very effective yeah so yeah i've said for a long time now that it's been a cult sure it's just it's just it's just very cult-like behavior like and not even from the the people that like you said are indoctrinated it's it's from the top like you have this you need to have a consistent messaging and that only only taylor's word is the good word you know no exactly that's exactly right it's It's manipulative it's very manipulative yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've frankly pulled a 180 here. I realize that, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. I've gotten out of the uh, the cult myself. Hey, sometimes it just takes a little deprogramming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it doesn't help. Have, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it very much helps. It doesn't hurt having a partner that is very anti Taylor Swift and brought oh, some, sure. of, some of these things to life sure. for me. Um, sure. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. When it's just me, it seems like whining, you know, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're like the, it. you know, you're the boy who cried wolf with, with these types of things. Sure. So it's. Even though I'm always right is the <laughs> thing that bothers me. Is that I'm always right. <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> uh do you wanna talk about RE4 or should we uh wrap up? I mean I don't have a ton to say. It's just very good. I'm playing okay. Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've never played the original. Um mm-hmm. I do find it very interesting to kind of see how they're approaching this because you take a game that's almost 20 years old and they've they've modernized it in like every mm-hmm area but they're also staying true to the original in a lot of ways including mechanically which is a hell of a a, um, a thing to do like where you stay true to a game mechanically that is is from 2005 but you also make it not feel dated mm-hmm. um and and it still is is very fun to play which i guess kind of speaks to how good the original was too in that it still holds mm-hmm. up very well um but yeah it's just such a fun tense exciting uh game and i see why it's considered to be by a lot of people to be like the best you know their favorite of the series yeah um, it's less puzzle focused. Um, there are still puzzles, but they're for the most part, pretty straightforward. Mm. Um, it's much more action focused, which for me is, is a plus. And, uh, there's just like some really good characters. There's some excellent like creature and, and monster designs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so well paced too. I, I, I want to say I'm about a little over two thirds of the way through the game now. Um, so I think I've got like one major area left before I'm, I'm finished with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you're interested in Resident Evil, you've probably played it already, but if you haven't, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. It's so good. Nice. Yeah. I loved the RE2 remake. Yeah, I played a decent amount of that and I, I'm, I want to go back to that, uh, now I'm, I'm definitely motivated yeah. to go back to, re2 remake and even try three because i I have that as well three i bounced off of pretty hard Mm, mm -hmm. that seems to be the weakest one yeah just because it was like so different from the re2 one it was much more action focused but like like much more scripted action um and so you could kind of get like a bad spawn and just kind of be screwed Mm, mm -hmm. with the uh with the nemesis so like it, it it's a thing that's like constantly chasing you like Mr. X, but it's like scripted. And so it's not like Mr. X where he's like literally in a location and you could sort of like mentally keep track of where he is like you could in uh, RE2. So it's just like that in, in three, he could just kind of pop up wherever and it just kind of felt bullshit. Um, so, yeah, I bounced off of it pretty hard pretty early on. Um, but yeah, again, I could also go back to it. Um, but but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, very much enjoying it. Um, yeah, I always wanted to play the original. Like, I, I own it on PS4, like, th- whatever, like, port of that. 
Um, and I just never got around to it. Now, I don't know how widespread this is. I was talking to somebody about the uh, one of the main characters in Resident Evil 4 and uh, remake, Ashley, who is someone that she's the president's daughter. She's the reason that you're uh, there um, in the first mm-hmm. place to to, uh, you know, help rescue her. Um, it's very interesting. Um, I'd have to kind of read up. I don't know if this is the consensus or not, but seemingly she was considered to be a bad character and, and annoying in the original. Um, but like I'm playing this remake and I find her to be like very endearing and, and, mm. and interesting and, and just like a very good like companion character to like go through the game with. Um, so I, I, I'm curious, there's, there's maybe three scenarios here. One of them is that the hatred for her was the ingrained misogyny of the, the video game community, um, mm-hmm. which that seems most likely, uh, or, um, they made efforts to improve her character from the original to, to the remake, um, which is certainly possible, um, or I just happen to like a character that everybody hates. I don't know. I'm assuming it's sure. misogyny. The answer is usually misogyny. Um, That's a good bet. Yeah. From what I know about the original, which is not a whole lot, um, but like from what I've seen, it always looked like the like the later sections were just like a big escort mission. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's still the case or if that was just like the way it was presented and so if it really is like where you have to like keep her alive um, and like make sure she's following you, um, I could see where that would get annoying. And so maybe it's less even about her or just like the mechanics, the mechanics of, the of it. Yeah. So, so far there is one Ashley specific section that you actually control her, which is terrific. It's, oh, okay. it's non-combat. It is very atmospheric and tense and cool. Um mm-hmm. When you're not controlling her, when you're playing as Leon, you do have to keep her safe. Um, mm. But she will also help you solve puzzles and help you navigate uh, the the world and get through certain like doors and over obstacles and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's not like she's just this passive, okay, you know, character. Although it, it, there was something very funny because there is a section with like these bear traps um, that mm. you can, if you walk on one, you, you get your leg caught in it. Mm. And um, it's pretty easy for you as the, the character to uh, avoid them. But um, you're walking along, avoiding them, and Ashley gets stuck in two of them within like a 10 second span. Like, like course, she, yeah. she gets stuck in one sure. and then uh, you, you help her out and then um, you just hear the scream like 10 seconds later, which is very <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's any way for you to help her avoid those or, or what, but, uh, you know. Yeah. So I could see that kind of thing with like PS2. Oh, absolutely. Character logic being really plus tough. The tank controls. Yeah. Yeah. Really tough. I could see. Absolutely. So yeah. that, that's probably what, where the, the dislike is coming from. And, um, it, it seems like they did a good job with this game. So mm-hmm. nice. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. I think so. Yeah. Feels good to get back into it. Sure. We'll see you uh, next year. (laughs) Yeah, basically. um, I think I did all my big updates at the top of the show. Uh, But yeah, just a reminder, uh, new site, denaro.media. The old links should get you there. Um, Oh, yeah. We're also on Apple or not Apple, um, Amazon Music and Audible and also Deezer. 
Um, I legitimately can't remember if we were on those before, <laughs> but uh, we are definitely on them now. <laughs> so uh, if you happen to use those over some other uh, streaming options, uh, check us out there. Um, uh, again, the new email podcast at denroad.media uh, and also uh, the activity books from Denroad Publishing. Uh, Fred's uh, adventure activity book is now available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, and all the other major retailers. Um, but if you are interested, uh, consider buying directly from Dead and Road Media because we do get a larger cut because the wholesale discounts are fucking with me. I'll just say that much. <laughs> it's tough. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all the updates and stuff I have for you. Um, I, I did want to mention also that it's also much, much easier for us to um, start up um newer uh shows and newer like versions of the show so like if we do uh any kind of spin-off like if we wanted to spin off the movie thing or if i want to spin off moogle which i'm heavily considering at this point um uh, it's much easier for us to do that and it's all going to be on the one site uh and it won't break all of the back end like it previously kind of did before um everything in the back end is a lot easier and i spent a lot of time uh, making sure all the backend stuff was easier, uh, which is also part of the reason why there hasn't been an episode in so long. Um, so the the current struggle, the recent struggle, is is going to be very good long term. Yes, absolutely. Yes, um, and so, but if anything like that happens, like me spinning off Moogle and like that would also not be happening uh, until the new year anyway. Um, but yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Um, so on the whole, good things happening. Uh, just a little rough patch Um, but yeah we really appreciate you listening and for checking us out Uh, it does mean a whole lot and we will see you sooner than last time oh absolutely yeah definitely (laughs) absolutely yeah all right